It is Operation Zach, right here on Save by Nostalgia. Zach Morris is heading to the hospital in this episode to deal with the dreaded coronavirus. No, just kidding. He's dealing with a um, bum knee, and he's going to be heading to the hospital. And according to Kelly Kapowski, everyone's got to go through it sometime. I just don't know why it had to happen to Zach. This is one of those episodes, as we're on the heels of some very important ones, you just heard our shows from um, The Last Dance, from The Aftermath, and from Fake IDs. We did all three of those in a row, kind of out of order if you're following us on, on the DVD set. We did that because we had Patrick Muldoon joining us for each of those episodes to kind of talk about them and talk about his experiences. So now we're moving back into order. We are saving the beach episodes for the end of this season, which is season three. So, But now we're here to something we're not that much is going on, kind of a what I would consider a bit of a throwaway episode, but I still enjoyed it nonetheless, Noah, because the bulk of it is spent, again, on a set away from Bayside High School, so that's a good start, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can't beat them getting away from the high school and doing something else, different scene. Uh, they always say a change of scenery kind of gives you a different outlook, a different perspective, and just kind of gets you out of the the doldrums of seeing the same thing over and over again. And that's kind of what this episode does. Like you said, it's a little bit of a throwaway, but it is good to see them in a new environment. And uh, I, you mentioned there, Kelly, saying, oh, but why does Zach have to get, why does it have to have to happen to Zach? And that just kind of plays over and over in this episode. Lisa says a prayer later on. And it just kind of seems over dramatic to me in this episode. It's just a little knee surgery, nothing to be praying about or saying, well, why Zach? Like, did you get that too? A little over dramatic from the writing? Yeah, I definitely did. Uh, you have Zach dreaming that he dies in the episode, and we're going to get to that later in the little dream sequence here. I think absolutely it does, and uh, maybe the I think it preys on the idea that you know, as when as young people when we're you know in in middle school or in high school, we don't really understand our own mortality at that point, and so going in for something like surgery when you're not used to being in hospitals and nurses everywhere and hooked up to machines, and it's just kind of weird. You're getting knocked out, going under the knife. It's maybe a scary concept. Again, we see this world through the eyes of these kids, and I think that that's kind of the perception that they would have because they don't understand that, no, this is not the dreaded coronavirus. This is just a knee surgery. And honestly, I'm not sure which one's worse at this point. Um, but we start off with um, the basketball rally. Now, Zach Morris now is, is the captain of the basketball team. When did this happen? I'm sorry. Huh? Yeah. What? How does Zach just... We have no idea that this is happening, and all of a sudden, he's great at basketball. Oh, he's this big track star. I mean, you just see in these episodes, oh, he's a part of this, he's a part of that. I'm surprised he wasn't on the football team just one day out of the blue. Like, oh, yeah, Zach is also Slater's star receiver, so uh, that's in there. We're just throwing that in there. So this stuff comes out of nowhere, but Zach, he cannot go to the pep rally till he finishes his take-home test, and or maybe he can try and get someone to go in his place and enters... And this is not the only time we'll see this, but Screech in a blonde wig pretending to be Zack. And uh, the, the beginning of the episode just kind of loses it for me right there. I'm like, oh, here we go again with another Screech tactic. It is because this reminds me of uh, the time from season two, um, which was uh, the date... Zach was supposed to go on a date with Penny Belding, but he sends Screech instead in a Zach wig. It's also senseless. And then you see him here just for a, a rally, uh, a basketball pep rally, and he's got Screech up there in, in uniform and just so Zach can study for a take-home test. He's never studied for anything before. What is happening here? This makes no sense. Um, 
We do have to mention that this episode is extra special for the reason that this is going to be the first time that we see Lisa's mom, played by the wonderful Susan Bobian, and she's going to be joining us later in the episode to talk about how she was able to come about being uh, involved with Say by the Bell. She's going to be in another episode coming up uh, in the next season, which is Drinking and Driving, pivotal episode of the series, but we're going to see her a little later. But yeah, kind of, kind of loses me from the get-go, uh, this basketball thing, and... Now it's uh, game time. The team's in the locker room gathered, ready for uh, an inspiring game of hoops on the hardwood and a tiny man that's introduced as the coach, which I actually did kind of chuckle about. Uh, and the fact that he comes in and tells them, this is the championship game. And <laughs> I, I did enjoy that. I thought that was kind of funny the way that they kind of just played off the idea of he's a short little guy that's coaching basketball and he doesn't have any words of motivation at all. It's this is the championship game. And why is it the championship game? Why just in the middle of the season? No, this is the championship game. Yeah. Like where are we at here? We have no just context into where we're at in the season, what's going on, but just this is the championship game. And then they're like, what is that all you're going to say coach? Oh yeah. Win. And so that was just two little uh, words of wisdom there that this is the championship game, letting them know that this is because uh, we obviously, as the viewers, don't know. So maybe the players don't either. So he informs them that this is indeed the championship game. And yes, uh, they, they should win. He would like that very much. Uh, but Belding takes it upon himself because he didn't find those words as inspiring as I did. And he talks to the guys and said, the ball, that's your hopes and dreams the backboard, your chance to rebound from those missed opportunities. And the guys are like, uh, we got to go. Like, what about layup drills? And he's like, well, the layup drills, they're uh, and like, No, we, we have to do layup drills. The game's starting. And they start out the door, and Zach runs into the back of Belding, as Belding's stopping, looking behind him. And he's down, he's injured, and writhing pain on the ground. And you can kind of hear Belding mumble. Uh, it definitely wasn't meant to like be part of the show. It's just kind of something I feel like Dennis Haskins threw in because it was kind of under his breath. Just, oh dear, what have I done? That was awesome. Uh, I did like that. And just like they, they made the collision seem a little bit more believable than I had kind of remembered. It had been a few years, not too awful long, but the collision and the way Zach went down, it's like, I've seen, you know, worse things like this in pro wrestling. Like, okay, Zach's hurt. He's tore his knee. People, you can do that. Non-contact injuries happen. You know, you, this can happen pretty, uh, pretty easily. So there's a collision and it's uh screech is going to be blaming Mr. Belding as time goes by. But, uh, then we meet, um, our guest on this show, which is Susan Bobian. She's played, she's plays Lisa's mom and, uh, he, she does the x-ray on uh, Zach's knee. She's a doctor. And I guess like she's also involved in the x-ray process and uh, he's going to have to stay in the hospital overnight to run some tests. Susan Bobian, appropriate mother for Lisa. This is the first time we've ever seen her. What is your initial impressions of Lisa's mom? I really liked her. I thought it, she did a great job of portraying Lisa's mom as they kind of match personalities, uh, later on, she's like, as Lisa would say, am I a 10 or what? And uh, just talking about appearance, uh, but she kind of lays down the law. Lisa in this, uh, she couldn't go to the rally earlier either, as Zach couldn't, because she said her parents think she should get a job as a candy striper at the hospital. Uh, so she's trying to learn respect and responsibility and what it means to have a job. So uh, she's really laying down the law more than we saw from Lisa's father, who uh, she, Lisa, earlier in an episode, Lisa, the Lisa card, Lisa runs up a huge bill on her dad's credit card and she's been trying to sell her clothes and her dad's, she finally comes clean, tells her dad and her dad's, oh, well, let's go to the Sizzler. 
And so, obviously, responsibility isn't uh, on his plate for his princess, his daughter. So it's good to see the mom come in here and really lay down the law and get the responsibility. So I thought Susan Bobian did a great job as portraying Lisa's mom, Dr. Judy Turtle. And uh, can't wait to talk to her about this uh, episode and kind of going into their relationship. Let's keep it moving here. Um, Belding asks if there's anything he can do. He feels responsible for this injury. And I think it... I always enjoyed this little aspect of the episode is that uh, Zach kind of guilts him into, into taking a test for him. He says he's struggling with a math take-home test. And Mr. Belding, who's very hesitant at first, but just, you got it. He will gladly take this test. Uh, Zach's also struggling in French class. Mr. Belding looks disheveled and like, how is he going to do this? I just thought that was a cool moment, like Mr. Belding overriding his role as principal to like be there for Zach, even though this is ridiculous. A principal would never go take a test for someone like it's insane. Yet I kind of like that little moment between the two. I did too. Uh, Zach mentions that you talked about the French there and Mr. Belding's, I never took French. And Screech jumps in, and you call yourself a principal. And just, you can see Mr. Belding looking just ashamed, just like, oh, God, yeah, I don't know. I can't do this math. I never took French. Like, maybe I shouldn't be principal. So he definitely feels bad about what happened to Zach. And, and yeah, he's taking on these this role as now a new student and taking Zach's test for him. But then we go to Zach in bed, and Slater tells them that, Hey, Preppy, we lost by one point because Zach's wanting to know what happened in the game. They lost by one point. Slater had the ball with three seconds left. Belding yells out, shoot your hopes and dreams. Slater says, by the time I realized he meant the ball, the game was over. And I just have to go in. I just have to go into this. I know you do as well. But Slater, just the jock, just the star athlete, has a screech moment. Instead of being that great athlete and realizing time, situation, Knowing he has to make a bucket with three seconds left, he stops to ponder, huh, just what did Mr. Belding mean by shoot your hopes and dreams? I mean, just imagine that scene. The star athlete has the ball down one. The principal yells something out. Slater's just standing there dumbfounded as everyone's screaming for him to shoot it, shoot it. And instead he's left there with a dumb look on his face as the buzzer sounds and the game is over. That is insane. This is on Slater. Um, yeah, the, for one... We just had a scene where Mr. Belding and Zach are conversing. Did Mr. Belding not maybe relay the information to Zach about what happened? Like, oh yeah, by the way, in the middle of all this, uh, Slater uh, freaked out like Screech Powers would have dribbling the ball down the court and we lost the game. Sorry. Nope, nope. It's just now brought up. And yeah, the fact that the Slater, who is supposed to be the just... He, he is the definition of someone that is a clutch player. We've seen him in football. We've seen him in wrestling. Basketball would be no different, but... Yeah, apparently they lose the championship game by one point. So um, Zach is sort of visibly nervous about uh, what's happening now as they're all kind of starting to, you know, just be a little on edge around Zach because that no one really kind of knows what he's going through. And uh, Zach does make a funny line here. He says that uh, they're going to hack Zach. And I did enjoy that. Um, Mr. Building is at the max uh, studying for Zach's test. He finds out that uh, the surgery is coming up. And uh, the gang joins him there. And uh, Screech keeps hitting a button, making the hospital bed gyrate like the Reagan's, poor Reagan's bed and the exorcist. I just thought that was funny that any hospital bed would have a setting that if you accidentally hit a button would just send the bed jerking in horrible motions. Like uh, that scene always just stuck out to me. I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, and we can't skip uh, there earlier that Monique is Zach's nurse who says he's not sick, he's dangerous. 
And then Slater says, oh, yeah, my neck has been hurting. And Jesse slaps it. Monique says, keep her around in case you choke on a bone. <laughs> I love Monique. She's the best. Um, I, I am a big fan of Monique. And she comes in, gives Zach the massage. You can tell Zach's trying to work it with the nurses, as only Zach should do. It's great. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> she the, the line about keeping Jesse around in case you choke on a bone. I'm surprised Jesse didn't attack her for that, by the way. Um, but, uh, that kind of leads us to Zach having this dream and I, I can go either way on this. Like I actually, in some strange ways, kind of enjoy this. We always talk about hating these dream sequences, but, um, Screech is actually his guardian angel Skippy. It's not actually Screech. It's his guardian angel Skippy. And up there, meaning heaven, apparently they all look like Screech. Um, I, I kind of like this little moment here. Zach getting to look in on his own funeral, which of course is taking place at Bayside high school. Where else would it be? Well, yeah, you can't have it anywhere else but at Bayside. Everyone just gather there. No family, just, you know, classmates and the principal uh, really just going through their emotions. And uh, as they're walking towards Zach's locker, dum, dum, da, dum, dum, da, dum, da, dum, da, dum. That's really appropriate to do during a funeral, I think. And uh, of course, the nerds are there. We see Ollie Creakley, Herbert Hodas. Herbert Hodas says, I'll never forget him. He gave the best noogies. And some girl had a massive crush on Zach and he's like, Hey, I'm here. She goes, I never got to tell him about the secret crush I had. Zach's wanting in on it, but he's dead. Uh, they go to lock his locker one last time. Mr. Belding with a great line there, just saying the way that had the anguish in his voice, Dennis Haskins, once again, delivering, and they're going to dedicate this locker to Zach's memory. But Screech says he's going in with him. And Mr. Belding had a great line there where he says, Screech, where where he's going, you can't follow. He's so serious about it that it's just funny and also kind of touching at the same time. Yeah, and you got to love Kelly and Lisa's cheer. Z-A-C-K, since he's gone, the sky turned gray. He hurt his knee, went under the knife. Who'd have thought he'd lose his life? Yay, raw. <laughs> I enjoyed every second of that. Um, Zach awakens from the nightmare and decides he's out of here. He's dressed up as a doctor, hobbling around on this bum knee. Um, you've got this moment where this old woman nurse pulls him into a closet and kisses him unmercifully. Uh, he then gets busted by Dr. Turtle on his way to the elevator. Um, that part was always really hokey to me. Zach trying to have this deep, yes, he's a doctor trying to get away. And I didn't really like that. It kind of missed for me. Yeah, me too. The the deep voice saying he's got to remove someone's neck in a nectarectomy. And uh, then the nurse asks him, what do I do about this man with chills? And he says, well, put him next to a guy with a fever. And just the whole thing. And th that old lady pulling him into the room, she's committing a crime. Just statutory right there. Like this old lady and this young guy. Uh, obviously, it's Zach. She thinks it's some doctor, but just committing a crime there. And then, yeah, he runs into Dr. Turtle at the elevator and Lisa comes in and finds out that he tried to run away and escape. And uh, they go into the story about how Lisa and Zach were nine years old, pretending to be figure skaters, screech tripped. Zach fell, pulled down Lisa's skirt. She fell on her butt. Zach twisted his ankle and they were rushed to the ER in an ambulance. And this is where I come back to the overdramatic part of it. And I don't know, maybe it wasn't an ambulance. Like you're like, we're seeing it through these kids eyes. They're trying to remember back to when they were nine and, and maybe their parents just took him to a doctor and they were just uh, over uh, making it overdramatic and remembering it in a different way because there's no way that happened. 
I always, uh, yeah, of course it's over the top, but I do like the part where Lisa says a prayer to herself. She says, dear God, please take care of my friend. I think that's really cool. And it shows because throughout all of this, we like to see the different friendships, the way they've materialized. We kind of get some backstory on, um, on Zach and Jesse in season one, where they talk about going to see ET on their bikes and they were scared and all this stuff. Like, I think that it's cool to kind of explore the different relationships. And this clearly, uh, Zach and Lisa now, um, have been friends for, uh, quite a while as well. So I do like that part. And Lisa's genuinely concerned. Please take care of my friend. I did like that. Uh, but he's out of surgery and the gang is there to, to sign the cast. And, um, I guess I think Jesse's going to beat up Kelly for being kind of hokey about signing the cast. Um, I, I do like Screech slamming his hand down on the cast, which causes excruciating pain for Zach. It was just like a really good comedic timing moment where like he slams the hand down and then Zach slams his hand down and goes, ah, ah, and it just hits for me there. Um, um, yeah, that was a good one. I like how Zach asked building to sign his cast and then Screech jumps in and says, when you're done, you can sign a big fat check to cover Zach's medical expenses and his pain and suffering. Because Screech is just on him the entire time about how he's going to sue him. He's got this Uncle Shyster who's a lawyer, which I thought was a beautiful line earlier in the episode. And Screech is just never relenting on Mr. Belding about how he's going to have to pay for this and he's going to be sued. And Mr. Belding, he's got this worried look on his face. He's like, that's probably why he's doing the homework because Screech is on him about suing him. Just, no, look, I'm a good guy. I didn't mean this. Please don't sue me. Well, in the meantime, Mr. Belding only got a C minus on Dewey's test, uh, the take home math test. So Mr. Uh, Mr. Belding's going to have to retake that, uh, according to Zach. And um, the gang's about to leave. The episode's drawing near, but we can't leave yet because Gilligan's Island's on and Screech. The episode leaves us with Screech about to hit uh, the button, sending Zach's bed gyrating again, like in The Exorcist. And uh, we're out of here, but we're not out of here just yet because we've got to go to our guest on this week's episode before we get to kind of our highlights, lowlights, hit and miss type things for this episode. Got to bring on our guest at this time. It is Susan Bobian, the wonderful and beautiful actress. She played uh, Dr. Judy Turtle in this episode. Uh, Susan, thank you so much for doing this with us. Welcome to the Save by Nostalgia podcast. How is everything going? I'm great. How are you? Uh, we are doing awesome. We can't thank you enough for joining us, and we just so appreciate it so much. You'll never know. Well, it's my pleasure. I tell you, it's. Uh, I mean, I get, It's funny because you've you've done so much. You're still a very much working actress, and who would have thought that 27 years after you did a couple episodes of Saved by the Bell, there'd be a couple guys calling you trying to to talk about those? Isn't that that's kind of funny, isn't it? It is funny, and you know what? Um, Saved by the Bell. I think over the years, that show and The Color Purple are probably the two things that I've been asked about and recognized for the most. Yeah, a lot of the um, actors that we talk to that have uh, you know kind of been in a, f- a few things here and there always say th- say the same thing, and it's uh, it's just one of those things. It's a, it's a pop culture phenomenon, and there's no doubt about it. That's what we do here on this podcast. We go back and we revisit it all, and you were in. Two episodes, you played uh, Lark Voorhees' mother, uh, Judy Turtle, Judy, Judy Turtle, and uh, just kind of tell, take us back to that and kind of how you got involved and kind of how the producers, of course, we've had Peter Engel on this show before, talked about how you kind of uh, got involved with Saved by the Bell. Well, for me, it was, um, a, a, initially, it was just, you know, another another audition, you know, um, the actors, I was living the actor's life in California, um, and just, you know, going to everything that my agent would send me up for. 
And um, that audition just happened to come at a time in my life when uh, I was I was doing well. I think I was, um, in fact, I had just had a whole new set of pictures taken. So I was, you know, the headshots that actors always use. So that's kind of energizing when you do that. So, so that after I had all these new pictures and I went out um, on some auditions and, and that was one that I landed. And um, I, uh, I hit it off with Peter Engel right away. I think the whole, the whole uh, tone of the show was largely set by, him, he's a really gracious guy, I think, and um, you know the whole the whole tone of the show was, I think, largely set by him, and and um, found myself there on the set, and um, actually, the the day that I went to work for the the first day that I went to work for Saved by the Bell, I just found out that I was pregnant with my daughter. Oh wow! So yeah, and I was playing I was playing a doctor. And it just, it just really energized me, and I, I was so excited that I was, you know, that I was um, going to have my own kid. And then, then I went and met all these amazing teenagers that were just awesome, awesome professionals. You know, every one of them, they were just all so. We sat around the table and did a table reading. I was so impressed by every single one of them that, you know, it just, I just felt like I had just hit the lottery or something it was really it was really a wonderful experience <laughs> well you mentioned it there a little bit uh working with uh, peter Engel, uh sitting down for a table read with the cast can you talk about a little bit more uh, in depth uh, working with them especially uh, lark Voorhees, who obviously you had a lot of scenes with uh, her being uh, your daughter in the show right well lark lark was a sweetheart um the the thing i guess that struck me the most was their their professionalism i mean course they had been doing the show for several years before I got there and I was just I don't know I was really flabbergasted to see all these young people have such a good time but be so spot on and professional with their with their work ethic and everything it was just it was it was really inspirational to me it was really inspirational and the second time I did the show I had had my daughter so um so I, when I came back, I brought her with me to the taping, and um, or rather to I, I can't remember if it was a, to a taping or to a rehearsal. It's been like you said, twenty seven years, <laughs> but um, but I remember bringing her back, and everybody was like, "Oh, look! Oh, she's so cute!" And everybody was it was just like she was a part of the family. It was great. Well, it's kind of interesting because um, on the show you play a doctor, and uh, that uh, is portrayed in the uh, the very first episode you did, uh, which is called the uh-huh. surgery, where Zach goes in and has surgery on his knee, and you're kind of there to you know make sure he's uh, feels okay about it. And it's funny because uh, we never see Elise's dad obviously um, on on screen with you. It's a, he's in a different episode way earlier in the show, but he's also a doctor. So it's just kind of funny that uh, Lisa's both of her parents are doctors. I guess that's kind of that's an interesting family dynamic there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Lisa Turtle was definitely uh, she was she was um, she had big shoes to fill. <laughs> How effective do you think this show is um, to in people's minds? Because you're in, you're in two episodes, yet you know my whole childhood, my whole you know kind of upbringing watching the show. I always think about you being in way more and just remember your moments and think. And this is the case for a lot of people that guest starred on the show. 
that that's a really effective use of, of of characters and guest stars to be able to years later for people to remember people like yourself um, and a lot of the other people that were only in a couple of episodes. Like you know, Zach's mm-hmm. mom is in two episodes, but yet in our minds we think of you as there like the whole time. That's that's kind of yeah. a, that's very effective, isn't it? It is. It's very cool because I I imagine once you establish you know you have a, you have a, a whole group of kids and once you establish their home and their their parents, then in the audience's mind, every time Lisa Turtle goes home, she comes home to me. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> even if I'm not in the episode, I'm there in their minds. You know, they've they've established it, and and um, I think uh, Lisa, Lisa and her mom, they have a they they had a rapport that really came very easily with me and Lark. Um, uh, we really we worked on little things and little looks, and uh, um, we, she. She, we had a conversation. She said, she said, let's talk for a minute. She said, I want to, I want to get some of your, um, get the way that you talk and some of your facial expressions. And I want to see if I could pick up on some of those so that we seem more like mother and daughter. And that was a good time that we spent together. And I think that it really, uh, kind of locked that into the audience's mind. They saw those kind of similarities and it just made it seem more real so that, you know, so there I was, even when I wasn't there. Well, you talked about there kind of the rapport that you two built and uh, had quickly, but have you kept in touch with either Lark or the rest of the cast, or have you been able to run into any of them throughout the years? I have not. Um, I have not, actually. I kind of feel like the the aunt that lives, uh, you know, on the other side of the world, but that follows <laughs> all of her nieces and nephews, you know, on TV. So, so um, I know with Mark Paul and, and uh, Mario and... Uh, Amber and, and you know all of them when they've had their their wonderful uh, they you know a series or a great moment or a TV movie or whatever you know I've been I've I've I'd be the first one to sit down in front of the TV and watch and go I know them I know them oh they're doing great you know they all grew up so so great and they all you know they all did some really cool things so. Well, I'm proud of them all. It's kind of interesting because um, you know we've had Peter Engel on the show. And um, he talked about how originally Lisa Turtle was supposed to, her character was supposed to be a Jewish princess and how uh-huh. you know, they had Lark Voorhees came in and read and they said, well, she's, she's supposed to be kind of a Jewish character. And they said, well, she's not anymore. You know, this is our Lisa Turtle. <laughs> and it's kind of funny how that in, in, in television and in movies and how uh, a casting decision like that can have a long reaching effect. Cause obviously had they made that decision, you would not have probably come in as her mother, as a Jewish mother to delete Lark Voorhees. And so it just, well, it's funny. For sure. Right. Well, that's just, you know, assumption I'm, I'm making here. But um, that's just kind of interesting how, how that works and, and how one one casting decision can affect uh, kind of everything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And especially when you're casting families, you know, um, I, think, I think that nowadays casting directors are a lot more conscientious when they cast families and people that are supposed to be related to each other and everything they're you know, they. I've seen some wonderful, um, uh, and I can't think of an example right now, unfortunately, but I've seen some great, you know, a lot of times, I notice this kind of thing when I'm watching a TV show and I go, they really look like they could be father and son, or they look like they could be brother and sister, you know, I, and, 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 you know, they really seem to, to have a familial um, quality about them, you know, so so I think that casting directors are, are really doing a... Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe more enlightened casting, or I don't know what it is, but I think that nowadays 
you're doing a better job of it than maybe they did 20 years ago. Great to catch up with Susan for this episode. I thought she was great as Dr. Turtle. It was great to see her come back uh, in the next season. So we get to see her twice. Some of these very key characters that we that are entrenched in our minds were only in two or three episodes. We think back um, to uh, Zach's dad, uh, John Sanderfer, um, Melody Rogers, Zach's mom. There's just not... Uh, because the show is so centered around these kids, the, the parents are obviously pushed to the side and we don't see them very often. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to think Jeff Hunter, played by Patrick Muldoon, who we just had on in uh, several episodes prior to this one, is in more episodes than Zach's dad or Lisa's mom, obviously Lisa's dad. And so it's just kind of crazy how that works out. And uh, if you don't watch this series for a while and it kind of just escapes your mind a little bit and you think back on it, you think of Lisa's mom being in way more than just two episodes and Zach's dad in way more than just two episodes. And it's just crazy how that works and, and how that all came together, how the writing kind of lends itself to you feeling like these characters are around or in the, in episodes more than they actually are. And so, uh, it's, it's just crazy to think about how that works, but we cannot thank Susan Bobian enough for coming on and sharing a little bit about, uh, what her relationship was like with some of the characters on the show and obviously being Lisa's mom, their relationship uh, as characters on the show. And so we can't thank her enough and we can't wait to have her on again for the drinking and driving episode. So highlights and lowlights um, to me, there, there weren't a lot of highlights here. There's not much going on. We've just come off of the Zach and Kelly storyline and um, kind of seeing where that falls as far as how the episodes aired. I'm not exactly sure. We, again, we went kind of out of order here, but this is sort of taking place in the middle of that. Um, I would say the episode, um, it's, it's a miss for me, but I still remember this one finally because of the different setting, because of the, the, the good friendships that we see that are, have been cultivated and may, Zach and Kelly, whatever the case are, are kind of back on, uh, as being friends and things like that. So there's some things about it. I like, I like Belding being harassed by Screech the whole time about threatening lawsuits and lawyers and uh, his uncle Shyster. Uh, so there's, there's some things there. Um, but the low lights are probably just the, you know, the general concept of Zach's knee surgery becoming some life altering event a little over the top there. Definitely didn't like Zach dressed as the doctor trying to get away and some of the shenanigans there. So overall it's a miss, but, um, you know, not down there with some of the bad ones we've covered, like, uh, season one, the mamas and the papas or, and, and things like that. So, uh, it's still one that I can, can watch and enjoy enough of, but more a miss for me, I'd say. Yeah, I'd probably say the same for me. This episode kind of seems to stand off on its own, away from anything else, and kind of live in its own world as we hear about Slater just being a bumbling buffoon on the basketball court. And it's the championship game. Three seconds left, down one, and he's just left standing there with the basketball as the buzzer sounds because he's wondering what Mr. Belding meant by shoot your hopes and dreams. That's such a screech thing to do, and to have Slater do that just didn't make sense. And with the over-dramatic of all of this, of Lisa saying the prayer, although it was kind of nice in the moment, uh, her praying over her friend, uh, especially with uh, the lights out in the room, it kind of had this feeling to it, this nice feeling of, of her really caring about her friend and kind of see uh, that she's not just kind of this side character, that she, she has a close relationship with Zach as well, and we hear about that with the story when they were nine years old and hanging out. And um, of course, I love Mr. Belding and Screech, and they're back and forth, and you mentioned Uncle Shyster was a great line. And uh, the dream sequence is one of the better dream sequences that we're going to see in this. A lot of them are pretty painful to watch. 
And that one was pretty good. It, was, it wasn't too painful to watch. So I enjoyed that. The one thing that kind of stood out that didn't make sense other than Slater just standing there with the ball in his hands as time ran out was Slater or Zach in advanced algebra. And Kelly saying, well, I know better than to take that class. Like what? Then what is Zach doing in that class? He's always coming up with schemes or how to get out of classes or not do the work or a procrastinator or just kind of skating by. And he's in advanced algebra with Mr. Dewey. Like, was he just procrastinating on signing up for classes or something? Like, I don't know. This is high school. I don't know if they sign up for their own classes, but I just can't imagine uh, how he wound up in advanced algebra and uh, something that Mr. Belding can't even pass. You're getting a C minus in that. Well, with that, we are out of here. We are gone for now, but not for good, because coming up on our next episode, it's going to two-parter. The wicked stepbrother, yes, uh, Jesse's stepbrother Eric is going to come in and shake things up at Bayside. Uh, it's a great two-part episode that we're going to be covering coming up. Can't wait to do that. If you like what we're doing, head over to our website, ignitroentertainment.com. That's where all of our entertainment stuff is archived. All of our podcasts and shows, pop culture-based, wrestling, music, it's all there. Um, and of course, our Saved by Nostalgia retro reviews as well. So please go check those out. Some big Saved by the Bell actors coming up. We got Eddie Garcia uh, as Johnny Dakota coming up on a future episode. Uh, we have John Sanderfer coming up, who uh, played Zach's dad, coming up on the Drinking and Driving episode. We have a lot coming up. It's going to be very exciting. If you like what we're doing, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, any way you choose to take in this podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify, we always appreciate the star ratings and the reviews as well. So keep listening, keep sharing, and keep giving us feedback. Thank you so much for joining us here on Save by Nostalgia. 